you know this band that's singing this song, this life, this life that's meant to shine? It's a band you probably know called Mercy Me. And they're declaring a beautiful truth, the same truth that Jesus wants you to really take hold of today, that your life is really meant to shine. It's not meant to be boring. It's not meant to be dull. It's not meant to be full of pain and suffering. There's a real truth in this song. You're meant, your life is meant to shine. And you know, the truth of Jesus is right in the middle of that life. And it's a beautiful life that he's got for you, waiting for you, wanting you to participate in. So you see, the truth is taking you towards this beautiful life, this full life. But that's not the only thing that's coming at you. The other thing that's coming at you is someone that wants to take your life, not give you life. He wants to feed you lies. He wants to steal from you. He wants to take as much life from you as he possibly can. He's all about taking from you through these lies that he wants to continuously feed into you. So this sermon series that we just did was really important because we want to demonstrate to you there's plenty of truths out there and that's the good news. There is more for us to learn. There are more beautiful truths to bless us. But the bad news, there's more lies coming at you. So we need to safeguard ourselves. We need to really stand strong and hold on to Jesus as his disciple. Hold on so strong to his hand. Hold on to his truths. Ask him for the truth when we're confused, when we don't know what's happening. But you know the other thing to live a truly full life is not just to hold on to Jesus for those truths for our lives. We need to extend and hold somebody else's hand and show them the truth. And say, watch out for the lies. You know, our life is full when we're a disciple of Jesus and when we're discipling somebody else. It's not just one way. There's more. This is not a full life. This is a full life. We're a disciple and we're a discipler. That's a full life. Don't be fooled into thinking that it's just us having this lovely time with Jesus. It's beautiful to have a lovely time with Jesus. But that ain't the full life. It goes both ways. So we're going to start a new sermon series today. And this new sermon series is all about becoming a discipler. So this sermon series, Becoming a Discipler, is all about discipleship. And that's what we want to talk about today. And in particular, I want to really focus in on why you, not the person next to you who you appreciate, not the other person next to you that you appreciate, but you are the best discipler. So this is about discipleship. So discipleship, I mean, this is the middle of our church name, Christian Discipleship Ministries. It's important. It's smack bang in the middle. And we need to be smack bang in the middle, holding both ways to be the disciple that Jesus wants us to be, to have the full life that Jesus wants us to have. So discipleship, what is it? Discipleship is, as a believer, showing another believer the Christian life. That's it. It's, as a believer, showing another believer 
the Christian life and what's it all about. Notice I said showing, not telling. And while telling is certainly part of what we do when we disciple others, it's showing that really is the thing that they're looking at and watching and wondering. It's like Krista said, the world is watching this calmness, this peaceness. It's our actions that are speaking so much louder than our words. So it's the showing through our life, which is so important as a discipler. Yes, the telling is important, but gee, those actions, gee, they speak loudly. So in this sermon series on discipleship, we don't want to fall into the trap of informing you, like telling you. We want to equip you. And there's a big difference between informing somebody and equipping somebody. Because, you know, I can inform you with all sorts of facts and figures and knowledge and that will maybe puff me up because I'll look smart and then maybe you get puffed up because you'll look smart because you're informed with all this knowledge. But, you know, it's only love that edifies. It's through this relationship in discipleship that we want to edify you, equip you to be ready to really have a full life that full life that Jesus wants you to have. So today, this is the sermon topic, why you are someone's best discipler. You see, the world desperately needs a full life. They don't have a connection to the source of life. They're trying really hard to get a life, but they need you to tell them this beautiful truth of where the real source of life is. The problem is when we talk about being a discipler, I think all of us in a sense feel like, ah, I don't know enough yet. Ah, I'm not actually perfect. Well, actually, none of us are perfect. So if you have to be absolutely perfect, that means no one can be a discipler. So that's not a reason not to be a discipler. There's two reasons, though, I'll give you not to be a discipler. First one, If you're not a follower of Jesus, you cannot disciple somebody else. Secondly, if you are a follower of Jesus, but you choose not to follow God's command to make disciples of all nations. So if you fall into one of those two categories, okay, I agree with you. You're not someone's best discipler. But if you're a follower of Jesus... And if you actually are choosing to obey Jesus and obey his command to make disciples of all nations, you are the best discipler for somebody. Absolutely. Without a shadow of doubt in my mind, you are the best discipler for somebody. It's really important that we don't fall for the lie that tells us we're not good enough yet or we'll never be good enough yet. If you're a follower of Jesus and you want to obey his voice and his command and his word, you are the best person to disciple somebody else. Don't fall for the lie. You see, even though our sermon series on truth and lies has finished, don't think for a moment the lies won't keep trying and having a go at you and trying to get at your life. You see, it's really important that we understand that the thief, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, the moment you put faith in what Jesus did for you on the cross, you were given a full eternal life from that very moment. That's why you're 
perfect to be a discipler because you have a full life. You can live a full life. You can be a full life. You can show people what it is to live a Christian life because you have a full life residing in you. You have Jesus. That's all you need. But, you know, this idea of a thief, the thief that's coming, our, our adversary who's coming to tell us lies, to steal, to destroy, to kill. The word that's used in that scripture, the words that Jesus said, the thief's coming to destroy us, that idea of a thief, that's a false teacher. See, the world is wanting to say, here's where you get life from. Here's the source of life. It's a false sense of life, but the world will still be pouring out that message. Listen what Proverbs says in 29.24. Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. Think about that for a moment. Whoever's partnering with the world hates his own life. You know what's really awful about hating your own life? That people get to the point where they hate their life so much, they end their life because they hate it that much. You see, the thief is out to destroy. He wants you to hate your life. He wants you to give up. He wants you to say, it's not worth it. My life's nothing. But it's a lie. A big fat lie. So I want you to take a look at something. I want you to take a look at something at, at a special time of clock. So, how accurate is this? I have no idea. How accurate is the internet? Who knows? But if we halve the figures, you could halve these figures to try and get closer to the truth if you want to. It doesn't make any difference if you halve the figures. The message is the same. So this clock isn't just telling you the time. You can see the time in the top left-hand corner, and it's telling you the day. It's Sunday, and it's telling you the time is 10.17, and that's pretty accurate. And it's August the 24th. This clock is telling you for the year to date, because you can see the year is underlined. From the year to date, the world population is ticking over. There's people being born all the time. The numbers are ticking over. But just as the births are ticking over, notice what else is happening. The deaths are ticking over. So if we just click down onto mortality... This is total mortalities for the year to date, since the beginning of the year. From traffic accidents, from other accidents. But notice suicide. A half a million people this year. Harvard, if you think it's an exaggeration. 250,000 people this year. It's still 250,000 lives that were meant to be full, not hated when it was partnered with the world. There's drownings, there's violence, there's falls. This is not what life was meant to be. This is not what Jesus died for. Jesus died on the cross that we would have life and have it to the full. So when we sit here in our comfy chairs and the heat is on and it's nice and comfy in here and we get to appreciate one another, somebody else is committing some violence, drowning, Taking their own life because they hate their life that much. The reason I like this is it reminds me to think about what else is going on in the world. That while I'm having this beautiful time with Jesus, 
There's all these other people that Jesus wants me to reach out and touch and connect with. Because we can make a difference to these figures. This doesn't have to keep ticking over like it is. And over and over and over. You have Jesus inside of you and you can make a difference here. You can make a difference to these figures. There is purpose in your life. There is meaning in your life when it's following Jesus and being his disciple and reaching out and being a disciple to others. That's a full life. That can make a difference. You can make a difference. You are the best person to disciple these people. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise. He's a thief. He just wants to grab your life. So the thief. The thief comes only. Notice that only. There's nothing good that he wants to do. He only wants to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus comes that you will have life and have it to the full. Don't ever forget that as a disciple of Jesus, you have life to the full and you are someone's best discipler. I will say that over and over and over and over again if I have to till you're sick of me. I don't care. That truth is so important to hold on to and never let go. Because the lies are going to come flying at you thick and fast as soon as you walk out the door. So this life, this life that's meant to shine, the word in the Bible for life, I want you to get a full grasp of this idea of this life that Jesus wants you to have. It's meant to be real and genuine, not pretending to be somebody else, not pretending to have a life, not pretending when someone says, how are you going? You say fine and smile and you think it's absolute rubbish at the moment. No, no, no. You can say, yes, my life is great for real. You can be genuinely, absolutely happy about the fact that you have Jesus, you have a full life. It's genuine. You're not pretending. This life that Jesus wants you to have is active and vigorous. This life is fully devoted to God. That's what gives you life. This connection that's fully devoted, committed, loyal, faithful, holding on to God. That is the full life Jesus wants you to have. It's blessed every single day. You wake up to new mercies and new blessings. That's the full life Jesus wants you to have. In the portion, even in this world of those who put their trust in Christ. So it's not about, well, I've got eternal life, fantastic, can't wait till I finally get it sometime in the future. He says, now, in this world, it's your portion from that moment that you accepted Jesus. From that very moment, you have life. You have full life. You have eternal life. This life is so beautiful and so precious. It is worth fighting for and then there's more but after the resurrection to be consummated which just means to be completed to be made perfect by new accessions that just means new stuff in addition to what you've already got there's even more after you die and you're resurrected you get a new body among them a more perfect body isn't that good 
We don't have to worry about this body and the wrinkles and this and that. We don't have to worry about it anymore. You get a brand spanking new one. It is good. And to last forever. It never ends. This body ends. This life on this earth ends. But this eternal life, this full life that Jesus wants lasts forever. So get a grip of that. That's what Jesus wants for you. That's what Jesus has for you. And that's what you have today. Did you know that? Did you know when you were sitting here and thinking, oh, man, it was just so cold this morning and there's more rain? you got full life. you got eternal life. you got it right now. Don't let anyone take it. It's not easy to push all of that out. But if you keep coming back to Jesus and saying, thank you for the full life you've given me, it's a lot harder for someone else to sneak in and try and take it off you. Hold on to him. Don't let him go. Hold on to that full life. It's yours. It's in you now. Don't let it go. So let's see if I can explain this. Here is your life right here in this glass cup. That's it right there. Can everyone see it or do I need to move the table? We all good? That's it. But we don't just want an empty life. We want a full life. Jesus said, I've come that you have life and life to the full. So this isn't the life that Jesus died for. He wants it full, full, full to overflowing. Oh, this is going to be so great. Except the world talks to me. Well, says, that, that pathetic looking thing. That ain't a life. Now that's a life. That's the glass you need. No, 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 no. You need to upsize. You need to supersize. More is always better. Bigger is always better. That's pathetic. No, 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 no. This is what you want. You want life to the full? Yeah, I got life to the full. Man, have I got it all for you. You know, one of the things that the world tells us is it says... What you actually need is a fair system of government. That's what you need. So what you need to do is you need to make sure that it's fair. And the only way to make it fair is to make sure everyone gets to have a vote and everyone gets to say who's in authority. That's called having a democracy. And, you know, there are great things about having a democracy. Some of the alternatives are horrible. So we embrace democracy as a good thing. And to a certain extent, I do too. But it's only to a certain extent. See, the problem is when I look at my life and I think, right, the source of life and freedom, oh yeah, democracy. In fact, I might just move countries and move to a place that has this great thing called democracy where I get to vote who's in charge. But you see, either unconsciously or consciously, we don't realise what we're doing with that. We're saying, oh, that's the source of my life and freedom. And we put man in authority. Because ultimately, man is in authority in a democracy. What happened to the Bible being the authority? Did we start to maybe put some weight and think that our life is going to be full because we're going to have a government? that's voted in by us, so it must be the best government to give us freedom and life. 
oh, as long as I got a government and make sure you pay me my welfare payment and make sure you look after me and make sure you give me this and make sure you give me that. Yeah, I, I reckon that's going to give me life and that'll just fill me up real good. But you know what I saw on the news last week on the ABC website? The Australian National University looked at what people thought about a democracy. And in June this year, compared to 2007 Australians, 14% have gone, nah, it's not working. Democracy, I'm over it. I don't think it's helping. I don't think it's actually giving me the life I'm looking for. I feel let down. They keep giving me promises. They keep letting down on the promises. You know, the world is starting to get annoyed with politicians. They're saying, this ain't life. It's not working. You know what one guy did? He came in and he he wrote a little message at the end. He said, I'm a 47-year-old professional guy that follows politics. And um, I've come to the conclusion that democracy does not work. What's next? It's the what's next that caught my attention. People are disgruntled and unhappy with the sources of life from the world. They're saying, what's next? They're open to other ideas. We have the truth about the real source of life. You see, they're unhappy with democracy. They're pessimistic about the future. That's no life. Life is meant to grow. Life is meant to get better. Life is meant to be maturing. Life is meant to be reproducing. That's the discipleship program. We have an unhappy little life over there. (laughs) Maybe what we need to do is actually stop and recognise the world is actually asking what's next rather than thinking the world's not interested. I think the world is very disgruntled because the government ain't doing it for them. Okay, so you know, our adversary is not silly. It's not like he says, oh, people are starting to recognise you can't get that sense of foundation in life from a government, from a democracy. You don't think he's going to give up, do you? No, 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 no. He's got plenty more ideas. What else could he possibly come up with? Oh, he's got another bucket he could draw from. And do you know what this other bucket says? Well, if you're not going to get it from government, you've got to get it from you. Look after number one. I know you'll be fine once you have fill in the gap. You'll be fine once you have a girlfriend. You'll be fine once you have a boyfriend. You'll be fine once you get married. You'll be fine. That wife is going to be everything for you. She'll fulfill all your needs. That husband, he's going to be it. I know once I'm in love. Oh, my love tank's going to be full. What else? Uh, Just need to finish that degree, just need to get that career, just need to get that job title. And if all that fails, if you try all of those things and you think, I don't have a partner, I don't have a job title, I don't have a degree, give me some drugs so I don't have to think about my life, oh, that'll make me feel better, or give me some alcohol, give me anything so I don't have to think about There's gaps in my life. There's gaps between those rocks. I don't like the gaps in my life. It might look like I'm full, but I'm starting to see that these rocks aren't actually filling me. They're just creating more gaps. So maybe I can find something 
to fill my head so I can think about something else? How can I avoid thinking about my life? Don't think it's just drug addicts and people that are addicted to alcohol. TV, internet, games, anything to get you to avoid thinking about your life and your potential and how it's not working out. You see, he's not going to give up on you, this thief. He has one idea in mind. He wants to steal your life away. But you're meant to have a full life, Jesus said. A very, very full life. So it's not rocks. It's not coming from the world. That ain't going to do it. You see, there's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing that can fill this glass. It's this beautiful water of life. You know, it fills up all those little holes and all those little cracks. And this beautiful, beautiful water can fill you all the way to the top. There ain't no gaps till you're overflowing. But you know, this is the water of life because the Bible tells us that his spirit is the water of life till you're up to the limit. So you have this wonderful truth. It's not like you're going, wow, Liz, I've never heard that before. Who would have thought? You have this truth. You have it. You not only have this truth, you're living this truth here. You're holding on to him. That means you are the best person to disciple this way. You have this. You're full. You're full already. You have everything for life and godliness, absolutely everything you need. You are the best person to be that discipler for that person so they don't end up as a statistic on that horrible counter. And you know, it's not like the devil says, oh, I better give up. He finds other liquids. He said, yeah, I know man is thirsty. We are all so thirsty for the water of life. But he's going to offer you a can of Coke. And you know when I have a can of Coke, I get thirstier afterwards. Is that like that for you? It doesn't quench the thirst. They will keep coming. They will keep coming and they will keep coming. The lies will keep coming. The thief will keep want to keep stealing. But Jesus is stronger. Greater is he that is in you. He's the water of life that is in you than he that is in the world trying to get you. You can overcome every single lie, every single one. None of them can get you. So you are the best person to be that discipler. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So these are the last words that Jesus said, as recorded in Matthew anyway. This is what Jesus says. We know it is the Great Commission. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So you have been called to make disciples of all nations. We cannot make disciples of all nations unless all of us are involved, unless all of us do it, unless every believer actually recognized you're called to make disciples this way, be a disciple this way. 
It's all authority. This is all encompassing. This is for all people, for all ages and all times and all natures and all situations that you're in. You're called. This is meant to be all, 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 everything. He's trying to be very, very, very inclusive here for everybody. The call is universal for everybody to come to Jesus. And once you've come to Jesus, then come and be the discipler. Make the disciples. Notice something about this word disciple. It's not one way. This very word that Jesus used means both. It means to be a disciple of one and follow his instructions and to make a disciple, to teach instructions this way. That's the calling on you and me. That's the calling on every member of the church to be a disciple and to reach out and be a discipler. That's making disciples. Hold on to both. Don't let go of one. Listen to what it says in Revelation. The spirit and the bride say, come. Who's the bride? The church. So the spirit and this church is saying, come. Okay, so Ben, can you stand up for a tick? So I'm representing the church and I'm saying, come, Ben. What does it say next? It says, and let the one who hears Say what? So he's got to turn around and he's got to say to Krista, come. And then when she hears come, she's got to stand up. We've got to stand up for Jesus. Turn around and say to the next one, come. This is the way we make disciples of all nations till this whole place is standing and saying, come. <laughs> That's it. you got to all get up. I know you got it. This is going to go around the whole room. You need to respond. You've got a choice. You can still sit in your seat and think, this is really silly. But you know what, Shireen, you've got to come. And do you know what? You don't have to stand up. You can refuse. Because remember, there's two types of people that aren't going to be disciples. Those who are not followers of Jesus and those that refuse the call to come. Yes. You see, this is an individual call. No one gets to say no to this. Absolutely everybody is asked to come. You are supposed to be a discipler. You are equipped to be a discipler. Everybody can be a discipler. Yes. This is going good. It's getting faster. Whoa, are we all standing? Are we all on our feet? Are we all disciples? Yes, woo! All right, you can, now that you've stood, you can sit. <laughs> okay. That's not good, is it? So let's keep reading. So let the one who is thirsty, that little ordinary life here, the one who's thirsty, and let the one who wishes, so you've got to choose it, take the free gift of the water of life. You know, this little life, it doesn't have to go through all this turmoil. See, this little life, this cup here, can be filled with the water that you can actually tell them about. And this little cup can be filled till it's overflowing. 
My cup overflows, it says in Psalm 23. My cup runneth over. Why does Jesus make your life run over with his spirit? Why does he give you more than you need? You only need that much. You get all of this, all this stuff. Yes. And this man hasn't read my sermon yet, I don't think. (laughs) Yes, you get more than you need. So you can do this and this. It's not like you don't have enough to do this. You got more than you need. You got heaps. Seriously, you got heaps. That's the truth. That's the absolute truth. And I can be sure it's the absolute truth because this comes from the Word of God. You know, I am so encouraged when I look at the book of Acts and I look at Peter and John. You know what they said about them? They said, wow, look at these men of great courage. They were actually given this task of speaking the word of God. God gave it to them to speak out and to share with others and to make disciples of all nations, to Peter and John. You know what I love about this verse in Acts chapter 2 somewhere? It says that they were amazed because there was two things about these men. Unschooled, ordinary. God gave it to them. He said, you go disciple. Unschooled. They didn't have a PhD in theology. I don't have a PhD in theology. Does anyone here have a PhD in theology? Okay, we're all unschooled. Number two, ordinary. I reckon when I look around, we're pretty ordinary people. I'm ordinary, you're ordinary. Guess what? If Peter and John can do it and they're unschooled and they're ordinary people, we can do it too. If we have the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse says they were unschooled and ordinary, but they noted that these men had been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. They held on to Jesus. That's it. That's the qualification you need to be a discipler. So you are someone's best discipler if you have been with Jesus. Not the schooling, not the extraordinary, not the special, not the good looking, not the size eight, not the super, super. If you've been with Jesus, you're the best discipler for someone. It's you. It's you. Don't shrug and think it's not. I'm talking to you. There's not one person in this room. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to obey his word, listen to his spirit, listen to his, it's you. Yeah. So this is it. This is this beautiful picture of discipleship. You know, each of us heard the word. (laughs) Each of us heard the word, which is like a seed. And, you know, we actually chose to receive that and it implants in our heart, in the soil in our heart. And then, you know, life springs out of our heart like this beautiful little seedling. And the beautiful thing about the word of God being called a seed is that the powerful thing about a seed is it sprouts into this cute little thing. Someone needs to keep watering it. Someone needs to keep watering it. Because we got extra water, remember? We got more to give. But that beautiful little seed, the amazing thing that God does with a beautiful little seed is he makes it grow and he makes it reproduce to make more disciples and more disciples. 
until we've got the whole world, until we've got all nations being disciples. Jesus is interested in this generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. I mean, we are so wanting the next generation to stand up for God, aren't we? We said that the other week when the youth came back from the camp. Go, youth, you're the next generation. Yes, go, youth. But God's saying, yes, go, youth, and he's looking ahead another 20 generations or whenever Jesus comes back. So you see, we're in the middle of a flow here. We can grab it or we can say, oh, I'm not quite ready yet. Oh, I'll just finish this. Oh, you're missing out on full life, big time. But it comes with a warning. Discipleship is oh so messy. You're going to get your hands dirty. It's not an easy thing to do. But it's important to know that so when it does get dirty and messy... You recognize discipleship can be dirty and messy and you need to get your hands dirty. That's part of it. And you know what? Sometimes it can get a bit stressy too. But I like this idea. Keep calm and disciple on. He gives us the ability to persevere when we think, I don't know what I'm doing with this person. I don't know what's happening. I'm, oh my gosh. Keep calm and disciple on. He's with you. At the end of the Great Commission, he says, and lo, I am with you Always, always. So we're going to speak. I love this. Speak the truth, even if your voice shakes. How true is that? We've got to do this. You see, our vision for this church going forward is that each person grabs hold of this full life, continues to work on their own maturity and their own relationship with Jesus. And that we would help equip you to do this, to reach out, to hold on to someone else, to disciple them through your life, by showing it through your life. And what's the best way we can be equipped? All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God, you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you see, it's being equipped with the word of God that we need. It's cute, isn't it? (laughs) It's hard not to even notice that cute little tune. You know, we need to be completely furnished, it says. That's what being equipped is. It's like having a house empty and then furnishing it all, having it completely furnished for spiritual service, for discipleship. So let me show you what's ahead. (laughs) This little booklet is called My New Walk with Jesus, a discipleship follow-up study course. And this is the booklet that we're going to use as the basis for this next sermon series, Becoming a Discipler, because we are so committed to helping equip you with the Word of God. So in this little booklet, we have 10 studies covering all of the basic um, studies and all of the basic topics that you would need to walk alongside and disciple someone else. But you know, at the same time, when we go back to the word, this is going to actually grow you as a disciple this way too. So both things happen when we go to the word of God. Let me show you a page. So here's an example. Here's study one. It's on salvation. 
So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be working through these studies and you are going to have the opportunity to be equipped to be that discipler, to be participating in the Great Commission, to living this full life that Jesus wants you to live by holding on to both. This is what's ahead of us. This is what we're going to do in this sermon series starting next week. So what we'll do is we'll take study one, maybe two studies. We'll give you a handout. So bring a pen next week because for the next six weeks, I think it is, we're going to be working through this booklet. So at the end of this sermon series, every single one of us could sit down with somebody with this booklet and be really familiar with exactly what's in here because we're all going to work through this together. We're all going to be equipped with the essentials that we need. Is the person you're going to help going to ask you questions that you can't answer? Absolutely. That's a given because we don't have it all together. But, you know, that's part of the journey, letting them know, I don't know the answer to that, but you know what? I'll go back to the Word of God and let's both go and see if we can find it because I'm fully dependent on the Word of God as my source of life. Keep going back. Teach them that. Show them that, that it's the Word of God that is the source for you. Not a book somewhere else. So why are you someone's best discipler? You are someone's best discipler because you have full life now. You are someone's best discipler because you are a disciple. This is who you are. So it's about being more of who you are to help disciple somebody else. It's talking about your experience as a disciple. It's saying, I understand that there are temptations in my life that are trying to fill my life that I need to say no to. I understand these other temptations because I live in this world with you and through my walk with Jesus as being a disciple, I understand these temptations. I understand the lies that come at you. I understand the demands that come at you, but I also understand that I have the power to say no and I can teach you that. I can show you that. I can tell you about the struggle in my life when I haven't been able to say no and then what Jesus did to show me how to say no. That's why you're the best discipler for someone else. You're the best discipler for someone else because Jesus chose you to be here today to hear this calling to step in discipleship, to be the discipler, to have the full life, to be that shining light. It's like the song said to us, we want to shine that light. We want to shine Jesus out of us. And this is an opportunity for you to do that. So let's stand. And let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. You are so beautiful. You are just so beautiful to want to give us full life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross so that we can have full life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are calling us all of us, each one of us, Lord, who puts up our hand and says, yes, I'm your follower. Yes, I'm your discipler. And yes, I want to help and make disciples of all nations. Lord, help us to do that, not just what we say, but what we do. Help us to be equipped through your word. Help us, Lord, to come to your word during the week when there's so many competing demands other ideas that wanting to draw us, help us back to your word, the true source of life. Lord Jesus, fill us again with your beautiful Holy Spirit. 
this beautiful living water that lives inside each of one of us. Thank you for filling us till we're overflowing so that we can give to others. We pray in your holy, holy name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.